chapter number uh, 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and this ought to be very familiar to us. I, I may not elaborate like much right now on this passage of Scripture. I'm going to just give some details tonight. We're going to teach or preach, I don't know, whatever the Holy Ghost wants. But I want to speak about amazing grace. Not just grace, but amazing grace. And uh, I think uh, it's very well appropriate to use this passage of Scripture that's very, very familiar to most of us. In Ephesians chapter 2, most of the time we, we take our attention to verses number uh, 8 and 9. But I want to read verses 5 through 10. Verses 5 through 10, because this will set a course for some things that we're going to discuss in our teaching uh, as we go along with this topic or this thought of amazing grace. Let's look at verse number, uh, well, let's really look at verse number 4, I think would be uh, appropriate. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great grace wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Then, of course, the two verses that are very familiar, we're going to read through verse 10, verse 8 and verse number 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now look at verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Now, I, I'm not going to elaborate on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 10, so much right at this moment. But I want you to understand that this is going to be a text scripture. We've got a few other text scriptures. But I want to just say that this thought came to me uh, in reference to uh, Amazing Grace to even do something through actually the song. And uh, with that said, all of us are familiar with Amazing Grace, the song that was written, uh, not tonight, but in one of our next uh, uh, teachings, uh, we'll talk about how this song came into existence a little bit and uh, the, the emphasis that that even gives. There's several verses to Amazing Grace, and there were several that was sung here tonight. And one of my favorite verses, uh, other than the first verse, which is the original verse that is really the verse that was penned uh, when it was first penned. But there's a verse that says this, The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. Yes. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to take these verses over this study and probably give each one of them that I have there may be some other verses that we may comment because there is a point of interest that we want to make and I am going to bring this out without going into a lot of elaboration about it right now but when you take those uh, six verses in Ephesians chapter number 2 verses 4 through 10 
you find that it's not just talking about one point of time. It's talking about in a past tense. It's talking about in a present tense. And it's talking about in a future tense. The effect of grace. The effectiveness of grace. Now with that said, I want to just bring out to uh, our thought tonight. Let's define, let's define grace. So let's give a definition to grace. And what I've done is I've kind of consolidated the two thoughts together from the Hebrew and the Greek. From the Hebrew and the Greek. And so the word grace would mean gracious, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And really here's where we get the words uh, in the English that come to the understanding of what grace really should be doing in our behalf. It is favor, it is benefit, it's gift or gift grace. It is that that makes us worthy. Think about that. That's powerful. Now, I also want to establish this thought. Grace is a gift from Heavenly Father given through His Son, Jesus Christ. The word grace, as used in scriptures, refers primarily to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. So I think that's a, a strengthening of the meaning of grace tonight. That it's a definitely a gift from the Heavenly Father and is given through His Son. There's an acronym that can be used, and I've heard this, and I really like the acronym myself. And it's the word grace using every letter of the word grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Just think about that for a moment. God's riches. The scriptures even tells us in this passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter number 4 that God, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. And he goes on and talks about it in verse number 5, begins to establish how it comes about through his son Jesus Christ. Now, I think it would be worth saying tonight, one of the reasons that we definitely, well, let me back up and say that another way. The reason definitely that we need grace is because of sin. Come on. Come on. And actually, there's an acronym for sin. Salvation is needed. Salvation is needed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I heard another acronym for sin today, and for some reason I thought, you, know, you, ever, you ever say, well, I'm going to remember that? <laughs> well, you know what's happened. I can't remember it all. So I'm going to have to go back and, 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 and find where I found that today. Amen. Because for some reason, if it comes to me, I'll tell you. But definitely, the reason we need the operation of grace in our lives, in the fact that it was foreordained or God has ordained it for us, and the fact that it's something that's to be operative in our lives continually, and it does have an eternal factor. Now, I think it would be well worth said tonight <clears throat> that we understand that many times in Scripture, our, we're talking about grace, we 
we imply some other words. And we imply the words favor and mercy. The words favor and mercy. Well, let's give some, let's give some uh, emphasis on that for just a moment. Because I think it would be worthwhile tonight to, to recognize the fact that it's okay to use the word favor and mercy, but we also need to understand that the, in, the, in the close proximity of the similarity of them, that there is an understanding that we need that there is some difference. But we can interrelate the words, but let's do have some clarity. Uh, let's summarize the differences of the three. Well, first of all, we've already gave some definition and, and even went a little further with the uh, impact of that, of mentioning that it's an actual gift of, uh, from Heavenly Father, and uh, it's, it's that of uh, that that's uh, exercised to us through the Son, Jesus Christ. It's a benefit. It's, it's a grace. It's making us worthy. But when we think about grace, actually it is extending kindness to the unworthy. Think about that. We really are not worthy. We're not worthy. So grace is that that makes us worthy. I'm going to interject this thought that just come to me. A lot of people have a tendency to shun the presence of even wanting to take Holy Communion at times. That is one of my favorite things to do is take Communion. I don't do it often enough, I don't think sometimes, but I love to even do it at home. My wife and I on New Year's Eve, that's exactly what we've done at 12 o'clock going into this year. We had Communion together. I love having communion sometime at the house. I'm just there myself. I have done that. You say, well, by yourself. Well, not really. I'm not by myself. I'm with the Lord. Yes. I've got the presence of the Lord there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I think that there's this concept sometimes that people don't find themselves worthy of taking communion. Well, first of all, in the aspect of sin, and us being flesh and the fall of man, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. But listen, if we're not careful, we will come to the communion table. We will come to that time of fellowship and we will discern, we will not discern, we will not discern the body of Christ properly. And that's the reason that we're sick and that some die, as the Apostle Paul said. We take that scripture so many times and we give a warning to people, don't you take the communion, don't you take it, don't you take it. Well, I understand that people need to examine themselves. I know that we need to come in, in, into the presence of that moment to worship Him with the cup and the bread and, and to remember why we're taking it. And we're doing it in remembrance of His sacrifice. And we're doing it in remembrance that He's coming and we're going to celebrate with Him one day at the marriage supper. But there again, if we don't come to the table understanding that really we're not worthy, but we're made worthy. We're made worthy because of His benefit yes. and His grace that's and His right. gift that's been exercised through the cross of Calvary and Him giving Himself. Amen. So therefore, if we come to the table and we don't discern the body of Christ, 
the gift that was given for us when his body was broken, not a bone was broken, but his body was broken, his blood was shed. If we don't deserve that correctly with taking that, with the benefits that we can receive, that it is that that is symbolic of what takes place with the work of grace in us so that salvation can come to us and also even physical healing. Healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of the soul. I believe that we ought to take of the Lord's table every time we take it. Amen. We need to take it with that of the emphasis or the, uh, the uh, emphasis that we are receiving whatever healing we need, whatever benefits we need. Amen. And I've done this, and you may not agree with me, but I've done this to make a communion service a time of an altar service. Yeah. Not just to examine ourselves, but to welcome the sinner to come. That's right. What better time to welcome the sinner that's in need of salvation, that's Amen. in need of the grace of God, Amen, to become operative in their life, and they then can partake of it properly. For glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't know I was going to get off of communion tonight, but I'll tell you, that's been a fit. Amen. So grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. Grace is God's blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. We don't deserve it. Then let's look at the word mercy because of the similarity. Mercy is God not punishing us as our sins deserve. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. Think about that. If we got exactly what we ought to deserve, oh my, somebody goes into the courtroom and they throw themselves on the mercy of the court and the judge looks at the situation and he gives mercy, but the law says they could. They could receive. Thank God tonight for his mercy. Mercy is kindness to us that's unworthy and it's God's blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Well, what is favor? I can touch my handkerchief tonight so it's tangible. It's something that I can touch, I can see the word tangible. Actually, favor is tangible. It's the evidence that a person has the approval of the Lord. This is the main difference before, between favor, grace, and mercy. Although favor and mercy can be used interchangeably, on some occasions, mercy and grace refer to two different things. Grace is the gift. Mercy says we're receiving something that we don't deserve. There was a fellow by the name of J. Christian Mackin. And this is a quote that he said. And the quote was, the very center of the whole Bible is the doctrine of the grace of God. Think about that. The Bible, the word of God, is centered on that of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Our, our, our self-receiving favor ourselves receiving the Heavenly Father's gift to become worthy. 
Mr. Uh, Mason went on to say, grace is the most important concept in the Bible, in Christianity and the world. It is most clearly expressed in the promises of God revealed in Scripture and in body in Christ Jesus. I think it's powerful. You went on to say this, grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely, the peace of God given to the restless, the unmerited favor of God. Wow. I think he hit it. I think he hit something good there. Now, I don't know what uh, scripture version that you may be using, and maybe someone that's even hearing this by uh, Facebook or, or video, but in the King James Version, the word grace, the word grace is used 170 times. Just think about that. 170 times the word grace. God's unmerited favor. God's favor to us is mentioned 170 times. And to be honest with you, I want to go over every one of those passages of Scripture with you, but I won't have the time. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Amazing Grace. We will continue this study. We look forward for you joining us here on the podcast, Foundational Faith. Do let us know if you are listening. Give us a response. Also, we can be reached at Pastor Harry 8700 at yahoo.com. We are also on Facebook. We have a foundational, uh, foundational Faith Facebook page and group. Check us out. Until the next time, may God's amazing grace be yours. Thank you.